0: Hey guys, welcome to the We Are Men podcast. I am your host, Carl Mason. And in this podcast, we sit down and talk with local heroes from Southwest Sydney about life, mental health, and strategies for coping with the day-to-day issues that we all face as men. Our aim with this podcast is to create a space where men can open up and discuss their mental health without the fear of shame or exclusion. I know it can be hard to ask for help as a man, but no man needs to struggle alone. We hope to encourage all men to talk about what they're going through and seek help when they need it. A quick note, this podcast may feature some adult language and suicide may be discussed, which could be triggering for some listeners. Today on the podcast, we are chatting with Charlie. Charlie is a student support officer for the Department of Education and lives in Minto. In his role, Charlie supports children who are going through a tough time at home or in school and gets them the help they need so they can get back to learning. Charlie and his wife are heavily involved in the community co-founding Command Fitness in Ingleburn and running a non-profit organisation called Southwest Cultural and Community Centre. Let's jump in and have a chat with Charlie. Charlie, uh, the first thing I'd like to do in these is just say a huge thank you for agreeing to be involved. This is a project that I'm really passionate about um, because I've got my own experiences with mental health and I understand how hard it can be for men at times. Um, So uh, I think these stories of hearing men, well-respected men in the community talk openly about their journey, um, I really believe will help other young men who see this, so thank you for giving up your time to be involved. So Charlie, can you tell us a little about the work you do uh, as a counsellor?
1: Okay, um, I work for Department of Education, like I said, mainly uh, my main role is to support students, so those who are going through a hard time, um, be it at school or at home, uh, they're always underlying issues that come with it, so um, I have the um, opportunity to be able to work with these young people and um, try and work something out with them as far as, okay, do they need professional help, further help, or can I transition them through our other school counsellors or with our transition um, staff, uh, So just so that we can get them on, on track and back into hopefully learning.
0: Yeah. That must be pretty tough. You know, we've all been a teenager and you know, you don't like to listen to adults advice a lot of the time. How do you get that connection with the kids?
1: Uh, I, I guess it's because me being a father and a grandfather have had a lot of experience over the years um, in terms of connecting with you know, young people. Um, all my own kids are all teenagers, I mean adults now have their own families. So I've been able to have that opportunity to be able to counsel them as well. So that connection with with young people I feel quite comfortable with. Also, I've been able to um, work in the youth work field uh, for 20 years with a non-profit organisation before coming to Department of Education. So, um, yeah, I've had a considerable amount of time uh, working with young people and, and learning how to connect um, with them, yeah.
0: So a lot of the work you're doing, you're working as a counsellor, you're working in the community, and you have you own a gym as well, um, and you're working a lot with kids. Why is it important to you to to try and give give back and try and help the community and especially young people?
1: Uh, it's always been a um, through my family background, like um, I've been brought up in a religious uh, kind of setting. Um, and that's the whole thing about our religion, was uh, to serve others. And um, I, I felt that through giving my time and energy to, towards young people, um, can help them in their future as well. So I, I believe, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's calling or whatever, but it's, it's something that um, I believe that we need to, if you're gonna feel good about yourself, you need to be helping others. Um, Yeah, that's that's just the way I I look at it. Services is is the number one thing.
0: Have you always been like this, or what were you like as a child? Were you always giving and and caring and trying to help others?
1: Uh, Sometimes. No, not not as easy as that Um, when I was younger. Like, I I was a bit rebellious and um, kind of went off track myself. I had a few issues. Um, That whole thing about, you know, hanging around the right people. Um Back then, my peers weren't uh, such good influences, and I yeah I, I tended to travel that way as well um, into a bit of crime, uh, substance use. Uh, not, not good choices, I just didn't make good choices back then um, but uh, I, th- I think through support from my family and also some of my friends. Um, but more so, I, th- I think things started to change when I got married. Uh, so, through my wife um, as well, she's probably been my rock. Yes, um, she's always been there to help me. There's been uh, there's been some some cases where uh, no, she actually put the ultimatum to me that uh, you know it's either me and the kids, or you and your mates. Um, so yeah, I think it was then that was my turning point um, from giving away a lot of the substance use. Um, that kind of really took me off track. And um, yeah, if it wasn't for her, I, you know, I think uh, my life would be a little bit different, a lot different. Um, yeah, so. I owe it all back to my wife, um, the commitment she gives in the community um, and us both. Uh, the, the work and energy that we've put into working with, committee, uh, with the community and working with different cultures, um, with service providers, government and non-government. Um, I could never have done this without, without at the backing of my wife and hopefully I've been able to do, be the same to her and give her that support that she needs. That's
0: incredible. Yeah. I know that uh, I know that feeling in my wife over there. I was definitely going down different paths until I met her and she helped with me with a lot of guidance. It's a very powerful connection. How long have you been with your wife? Or how long have you been uh,
1: together? Before, oh, I better get this correct. <laughs> We've been together 37, 37 years. So. Um, and you know, I believe that things happen for a purpose. So, I believe that um, you know, if I didn't meet her, then I don't know where my my life would be at the moment. So, um, and to have five beautiful children and ten beautiful grandkids, um, it just you know, there's a whole purpose behind life. Um, not just being selfish and thinking about yourself. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, having family has been, put a lot of things into perspective for myself,
0: yeah. Um, so you've met, you were quite young? When you yeah,
1: met? yeah. So I was, she was 18 and I was um, 21, yeah, 21 or 22 when we got married.
0: So she's been with you, seen your highs and your lows, the whole whole journey she's been there. Yep,
1: yep, yep.
0: Um, I want to go more into what you're doing now and um, your wife and the, the work you do in the community, but I just wanted to ask, in that time when you were, well, what do you think was the, the lowest you got, the toughest time through that journey?
1: Uh, probably when I was yeah, drinking and using marijuana, so wasn't a good time for me. Uh, I didn't have my family around at, at that time. Um, they were back in New Zealand. And I was working over here, um, trying to put some money together. No saving up. But instead of that, I was spending it on the wrong things. I made the wrong choices. And um, yeah, so I, I think my lowest time was when she came back with the second child. yeah um, for the yeah that was probably my hardest thing was to um, you know when she asked me how much have we got in the bank, um, I couldn't give her an answer, and um, yeah to me, I felt really really ashamed, really embarrassed. Um, Of she had gone back to New Zealand to have our second child. And, um, did all the right things, and and she was expecting me to be doing the same. Uh, yeah. So I I think um, I I really felt like I had failed as a, as a husband, as a father. Uh, And that was the time she said she was gonna, you know, it was either them or or her, and the kids, or me and my mates. So um, yeah, definitely, there was a time that I was in there. That's it. I want to be with my family.
0: I appreciate you sharing that, Charlie. I know it's tough. I I can relate. <coughs> I have a similar experience with substance abuse, and um, it's in that place. It's you know, it's hard to make rational decisions and, and you can very easily keep going down that path. Yeah. Um. I think, you know, you do need some help sometimes to um, get out of that place. Yeah. Um, can I ask why, what made you, when your wife gave you that ultimatum, what made you um, say, uh, what made you do it and go, oh, I'll choose my family?
1: I guess just looking into her eyes. Yeah. Um. The pain and the sacrifice that she made, um, thinking that I was doing the same. Uh, that that's what was my turning point. Um, you know, I've, it's just like playing football. Like, um, you know, you make you make a dumb mistake and they score a try at the end and the other team wins and. You know you think why, why did I throw that pass why why didn't I do this? why didn't I do that but you know uh making irrational decisions at the time um, and to see the pain that was going through her to see my young child uh, the second child of uh, your daughter um yeah, that was, that was enough for me to kind of say, I, you know, time, no, life is short and we don't have much time on this earth whenever we, uh, you know, whatever happens to us. So I just wanted to make sure that I made the right choices from then on. Um, I don't know how long I'll be on this earth um, and I just wanted to make the the most and the best for for my wife and my family, so that's what made me change. Uh, yeah. Yep.
0: Do you, um, if there's um, if there's a man out there now watching or watching this video, who's still making the wrong choice and they're you know stuck in that place, um, do you think it's ever too late to make the change?
1: No, never, never too late. I think the main thing is that you realise your mistakes and you're accountable for it. And that you realise that and then, you know, you realise that you've got a responsibility. And, um, but you need to make that change for yourself. Uh, no one else can do that for you. And um, I'm just glad that uh, I was able to step back on track and be able to uh, realise my mistakes and just just move forward from there. If I could, yeah, to me life is too short. Life is too short. I mean, in in my youth work in that, um, you know, we've had deaths with young people through suicide, through, um, you know, police chases, overdose, and it's never good, never good. Especially with young people, uh, we just don't know when our time is up, and um, so you make, need to make the best while you're here. Um, so that's all I want to do for my family, and uh, make sure that I'm I'm providing what I need to, because uh, I think that's you know that's what I thought as a man. Um, my dad showed that. We had nine, it was nine of us, Um, and he would work a couple of jobs. He he just portrayed to me hard work um, and also love, love for his family and to provide for his family. Um, So, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do.
0: A lot of men, there's that image of that a man is... You know, strong, tough, um, and uh, looking at you, you, you look like a pretty strong guy, pretty tough guy. What, what do you think your definition of man, being a man is?
1: My definition of, of being a man is, is not being that macho person. It's, it's about someone that um, you know, cares, has empathy and um, you know, unconditional love, um, who, one who's forgiving. Because I think when you have those kind of attributes, you're gonna, your relationship with whoever, with yourself, and with others, is gonna be a lot, lot better off. Uh, you know, life will be a lot better for you as a man. You don't have to walk around tough and, you know, portray that kind of stereotypical image, or the way you treat a woman. It, it needs to be with kindness, with love. You know, um, not standing over or or demanding things from that person. That's not love. I mean, that's not that's not true manhood. Yeah, and I've I've seen that with my dad and and, and my mum. He gave unconditional love. He provided. He did whatever he had to do for us as, as his children. Um, that's why I want to be, as a man. And that's why I, th- I think a man should be. Um, you know, at times we get a bit emotional, or I get emotional, um, you know, but that's because of, of the love I feel, or the pain I feel within my heart.
0: Appreciate you sharing that advice, Charlie. I think many more men need to see that because That's exactly what this project, you know, we're trying to show people is that to be a man isn't that macho thing. To be a man, the hard thing to do is to be open, be kind and talk about things. Like that's actually the hard thing. So, you know, that's what's strong and and that's what being a man is. Um, So thanks for sharing that. I wanted to ask, once you said you made the the decision for yourself um, to to choose your family and change the way um, you were acting... How, I know a lot of men don't like to accept help, and you said your wife has been a, a massive help in your life. How how do you reach out and ask for help with her, or how do you let her help you?
1: The biggest thing is um, a key point would be communication, having that open communication between the two of you. Is, um, you know, you can't bottle things up, all those ill feelings within you. You need to open up and, and talk it over, um, and I, I think um, my wife's like understanding, and um, she knows that I can come to her for for any kind of advice or or help, and uh, it's made it a lot easier. Um, but I, I know for a lot of men, it's it's very hard to open up and communicate with another person. Um, but it's, you know, it's like taking a load off your back once you do. Um, and, and I feel that with uh, my wife and how we discuss things. Could be financial matters, could be work matters or w- whatever. Um, whatever is troubling myself, um, I'm able to go to her um, for help. And I, I think that, that all boils down to having a better relationship. Uh, between you, know, you and your partner.
0: Do you think uh, looking after yourself and looking after your own mental health uh, helps improve your relationships like with your wife and with your family? Do you think you have to keep an eye on your own mental health?
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's, n- it's not going to be an easy road. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, everything's been all good. Uh, it's been a time where... I've had to go through ups and downs and I've had to you know, check in on myself and, and also uh, focus on what fears I'm going through at the, at the time. Uh, you know, a, big, a massive fear for me is public speaking, like, um, you know, if I'm asked to speak in front of a very large group then, um, you know, I'll, that anxiety level just goes straight up. Um, so I, I try to, before those kind of challenges, I, I try Talk it over with my wife and say, "Look, I'm not feeling too well about this," or, um, I've I've spoken at different conferences where I've I've even called my wife up <laughs> to stand next to me, you uh, know, like um, just to give me support. And yeah, um, it's worked out well, and um, I've done the same for her, and I'll stand up and support her, end up doing the haka, you know. But that just shows the kind of support that that I've got behind me. Um, So and and that helps me with what's happening in my mind, Um, you know, a a lot of things could be rushing through my mind, am I doing the right thing, and is this enough for my family, Um, you know, what should I do next, Um, that whole thing about happy wife, happy life, type of thing always always comes up. but we've always, or I've always been able to try and work things out through talking with others. Yeah, I'm always mindful of keeping in check with myself and my mental health.
0: Yeah, that's great. Do do you think it's important for men to ask for help when they need it?
1: Yeah, abs- absolutely. Men should be asking for help, you know, all the time, whenever they're they're feeling down, or low. Um, those who are depressed, uh, it's it's not an easy time when you're like that, when you feel isolated. It's very important for men to reach out and ask for help when they're not feeling, uh, I think, mentally fit, Uh, when they're feeling depressed or down, um, yeah, you definitely need to ask for help. Like I say, it's going to lighten that load. Um, That's the way that I feel when you let people know then you're going to get people that can help you can give you that advice or direct you in the right uh, direction towards uh, service providers um, those that can help so definitely yes they need to ask for help if they need it
0: Mm -hmm. um you said that when men are feeling down and depressed um, have you experienced that in your life and being in one of those, in that stage?
1: In terms of being depressed and that I don't know if I've like if I identify it as that I've become become really quiet, I've become really quiet. No, I don't, I don't talk or anything like that we could go to Canberra or something and I won't talk the whole way to my wife, you know if, if I'm feeling so she knows that something's up um, but that's the way that you no, know, different people are different. How they how they react to depression. And for me, it's it's just about uh, when I'm at my lowest point. I, w- I won't talk. I won't, I'll try and bottle it up, and that's why I mean. It's not until I do talk that to somebody else that I'm able to unload that and um, feel a lot more freedom within myself. Um, my heart feels a lot lighter uh, when I do explain or. Or tell somebody my problems.
0: I think there's an interesting point you brought up where... I know the same thing, me, when I go through bouts of feeling really low and feeling depressed. The things that I know are going to fix it. Like I know that booking in with the counsellor and talking to her, that's going to help. Or I know that going out and seeing a friend's going to help. But there's still something in your mind just like, no, I'm going to bottle it. Mm. Every time, it's kind of like it takes... You don't learn it the first time and then it's all good. It's a process. You've got to keep keep at it and keep trying to push yourself. Do you agree? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: When your wife gave you the ultimatum and you, you made that decision, did you have to cut some things out of your life, cut some friends out in order to be able to make that change?
1: It's always going to be hard to to cut out your mates and, and that, but, you know, if if you think that you're doing the right thing, then uh, I'm, I'm sure that they'll, which they did, they, they were understandable. Um, and... They supported me, in what I wanted to do. You know, true friends will always be there. Uh, yeah. That's what I say to a lot of young people who are locked up, is that, who are your true friends? Who came to visit you? It'll only be your family. You know, And that's, that's the way I, I see it with, when I cut off with, with my friends. I knew who my true friends were then, and the ones that supported me.
0: Charlie, what do you think is a myth
1: about male mental health? Um, A myth about male mental health, a person that, uh, a man who thinks he can take it on board, like he doesn't need to tell anybody else. I think that's a myth. Somebody has to be strong and and not be emotional. I don't think that's true.
0: Do you think there's strength in being emotional?
1: I used to think there wasn't, it wasn't. you know, when I get emotional, uh, I used to think I was weak. And that's why I think I would never... I hated doing public speaking because I would get emotional. And that was, to me, a sign of weakness. And, but a lot of people said to me, no, that is strength. It's the time... It's the time people feel that you're real that's what they would say to me. Yes, I I don't think you have to be strong. You can be strong in different ways. I used to think that when I was drinking, that that strong was being a fighter. And I would get angry and uh, react that kind of way. I just, uh, you know, you realise later that that's not what a man should be. You don't have to act that way. I, th- I feel that that is uh, being selfish, not being responsible for, for who you should be and what you should be as a, as a father or a partner, or just being a you know a, a man in the community. Um, we all have different strengths, we have our weaknesses, our ups and downs, and our challenges. But you uh, know, I, I think that that's what builds you as well. It's those challenges. Um, And I'm not saying that, uh, well, I made the wrong choices, but I think that uh, that's also helped build my character. Yeah, so I I know that men out there can do the same. Men can change. Uh, There's no age limit, no requirement that needs to be, that needs to change you into a real man. You know, that choice has to come from you. Um, If you want to be a better person in the community, I would say go out and serve somebody else and lift that person up. And that's what I see when, uh, when we do this community work, we're always lifting. There are people worse off than ourselves and we need to keep that in mind. Us as men, can be great role models, great leaders, great servants, but only if we choose to do that. I think if, like you mentioned about your lowest moments, I'd have to say I came back to primary, where I would get bullied. I was bullied because of my name. My name is Ariel. Ariel Charlie Fruin. and the kids would tease me about my name. And I think from there that I would always end up in fights. I think that's where a lot of the anger came from, from the constant bullying. And I would hate it when the, the teachers would call out my name, that kind of stuff, because then kids would start teasing me about my name. The trauma that you take when you're young, you kind of hide it away. And I've never told anybody this, till now. So I think that would be one of my lowest or the first time I was really low. But the way I reacted was through anger. I think I'll carry that through my teenage years, even into adulthood. Um, There's times that triggers that set me off. But you know, I've, I've really tried to control myself and that's why I me and my wife's been a, a great support in that area. She knows that I can snap, uh, but I haven't done that in, in a long time. I hope I never have to. So I don't think that uh, these challenges come from now. These challenges come from when you were really young and you don't realise it because you've hidden it away for a very long time.
0: Thank you Charlie. I really appreciate you sharing that. It must have t- taken a lot of strength um, to, to put that out, so I appreciate that. Do you think those experiences go into why now um, you're so active in helping young people in the community?
1: Yeah, I've never thought anybody that. That's why I, when I came over here to Australia I changed my name to like I stuck with Charlie, Charlie instead of, you know, my middle name instead of Ariel. Yeah. But you know, my family says, "Why did you change and Why do you call yourself Charlie?" They don't know. Yeah, they don't know. I don't tell them. They don't know what I went through.
0: Um. But, yeah, I think does does that play into why you're so active in helping? people today, why you're giving so much of your time and energy into the community and working with kids as a counsellor to try to help uh, them not go through trauma?
1: Yeah, I I guess um, the work that I do now is, I didn't realise that at first, but yeah, I I guess that could be the way that I was feeling back then when I was young. Um, I could understand how they were feeling. Uh, especially with students today and in my role today, like I say to them all the time, I say oh, I know what you've gone through or what you're doing now, like um, let's hope it's just a phase but that you'll snap out of it because there's, there's a better, better side to this, like uh, a more positive uh, outcome for yourself and for
0: your future. I guess you're proof of that no. now. Last one, Charlie. Is there any yep. other advice or anything you'd like to say to men out there?
1: Um, if I could give some advice to to the men out there today, um, just be true to yourself. Um, you don't have to fake it. You can be a great role model to for yourself and to others. You never know, but there's people that are watching you and pe- people that are following or, or are inspired by what you do? Uh, so, make the best of what you can. Like I said, you know, time is short. If you leave here with, leave here with uh, making a legacy, so that others can follow you. Uh, you don't have to be at the bottom of the ladder. Um, we all got to climb that mountain. For me, it's just about being a positive role model. I've had young people that I've seen 10 years later, and they're now social workers, lawyers, successful businessmen. And they all take it back to what, uh, what an example I was. I didn't think so at the time, but that's, that's the way they saw myself. That's the way they saw my wife, Mel. And to hear that, that's, that's gold, you can't ask for anything better. To see your kids grow up and be respectful to themselves and to others, um, that's all you can ask for as a parent, as a father, you know, so I'm very blessed, you know, I know all men can be the same, yeah, we don't need to show that macho image. That's, that's not what it's all about. Uh, it's, it's about helping others and showing your love, showing that empathy. Exactly. Mm.
0: Thanks for sharing that, Charlie.: no worries. Just before we uh, sign off, I just want to ask you tell us quickly just uh, about what uh, your wife is doing here today.
1: Yeah.: I brought you guys here today because this is what we've been doing over the last 10, 15 years be longer, is, is helping in the community. My wife is, uh, runs a not-for-profit organisation called Southwest Multicultural and Community Centre here at Minto. And what we're doing on a weekly basis is providing food hampers to families that are, uh, especially through this pandemic time, um, you know, giving help and aid to families that are struggling a bit, uh, but it's it's been a great tool for us to meet community, to unite our community, and also to have like Campbelltown, community, uh, Campbelltown Council on board um, to help us all these different services have united together um, to help in this cause. Um, so my wife's been running a, a, a great, many great projects, but this is just one of them. Um, and hopefully it's been able to help many families.
0: It sounds like you and your wife are doing incredible work in the community and helping a lot of people. Um, I just want to say, Charlie, thank you so much for sitting down, having a chat with us and being so open about your story um, and for setting such a good example for the people who watch this and I'm sure the people you work with as a counsellor and in the community. I feel like they're very lucky to have you as a role model. So thank you very much for giving up your time. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. A huge thank you to our guest. Make sure you head to wearemen.com.au for more information about the project and for a list of services that are available to men out there who want to learn how to be a man who talks. See you guys next week.